On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. Earlier this week, uh, the GPA and Crow Park announced a new 6.2 million annual deal. Uh, and I suppose that begs the question, has the day of pay for play loomed ever closer into view? Have you any view on this, Donica? Uh, look, first of all, it's a great deal for the GPA. I think they've done, uh, I was shocked by the extent of it, the value of it, um, what they had given up, even in terms of the the uh, percentage of commercial income which when the deal was being made originally that was set out in a statement that released to everyone saying that under no circumstances could they could they consider this because no unit in the association is funded that way they've changed that completely um what was previously in place was i think what was called the project based funding so essentially the gpa would come uh, with the idea of what they wanted to do and the gp gaa would take it on its merits and then fund it accordingly um, so they've secured a, a brilliant deal as to whether it opens the door for pay for play I, I don't know I just st- I still don't think the pie is big enough to support no, anything it's like, not it's big it's enough it's not practical enough either and it's it's the old argument against it one of the many arguments against it but I suppose the most player based one you know whatever about the GAA and their morals and their history and the amateur status from the player's point of view would you want to go pro like would you want to come out of you know minor and get go into an inter-county panel and get paid what I'm sure would only be an adequate sum. Um, you know, you're not going to get... There's no fortunes there anyway. There's no fortunes there. And then six, seven years into it, you get dropped off the panel. Six, seven years is a long inter-county career uh, by modern standards. So six, seven years, you get dropped off it. And then what you do at 26, 27 years of age, you go back and apply through the CAO again to go to college. And I think that's what the GPA do particularly well. The GAA is... I wouldn't say their problem, but a lot of what the GAA, GPA do, particularly in terms of their... I think they call them player development programs and like they don't really they don't really let people people don't understand the extent I mean you talk to a lot of players who say I availed of one of the GPA's programs but I suppose you don't really get a real sense of what that does uh, and what sort of a grounding that gives a player in real life really outside of what they do and in turn helps them to concentrate on what they do when they're on the pitch yeah the GPA are kind of caught there because obviously they're doing loads of things that you know on the mental health side of things maybe the addiction side of things and they can't really be that public on it. And because they can't be seen to be doing the work they're helping and the people they're helping, they, they probably don't have the public image that they would like. Because there's still loads of people who view it with suspicion. I'd imagine, you know, the fear gales, the grassroots. Like. So just GA people who view people who are 
boots that aren't black with suspicion. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But you know, there are there is a bit of a, a identity thing there for the GPA that they have to maybe prove. But as Desi but this, said, prove the bona fides. This puts, this puts them even more and more inside the tent. I think oh, this, hugely, yeah. whatever about the last one, the last one was a very important agreement in terms of funding, in terms of everything else. But this puts them so far inside the camp that it's not even the GPA anymore. It's nearly an arm. Now, I'm sure they will protest that of their own uh, independence to the whole thing, but it puts them so entrenched in the whole thing, particularly in terms of um, the finance thing, because as far as I know, there'll be a GPA representative on the GA's finance committee as well. Yeah, as part and of the other way around as well. And the other yeah. way around as well. And that's a huge thing. So, you know, like we all know ourselves from dealing with GAA and like let's not beat around the bush, even since they became officially recognised, even within the power halls of the GAA, there is or there has been a small kind of a suspicion of the GPA, or certainly there was a bit of a them and us vibe. But, I mean, I'm sure that has to be gone now because there just can't be like it's... You still got a few flickers of that this week uh, from former Munster Council Chairman Sean Fogarty. He was talking about feeding the monster. But you're always going to have that attitude. I think the good thing is that there's less and less of that attitude prevalent among the people who count in Crow Park now. Yeah, you like people can say these things from afar and I understand where they're coming from and, you know, the GPA being the root of all evil and the you know, the cloven hoofed brigade, you know, they're involved in them. But like like let's face it, like you can say you're feeding the monster, but the other way of looking at the monster is the monster is the thing that generates massive revenues for the GA. Like we were nearly got talking about transitive structures earlier on. And I'm thankful that we didn't get too entrenched in it. But you know, the fact is that the GA have made a, a preference in dragging the championship out over the longest space of time possible so they can get as much prominence in the national media and the national attention. And they've given that uh, preference over all the other arguments against changing the championship structure. So they know that it's a massive source of income. They know that it's a massive source of revenue. And they're right to exploit it as much as they can too because you know that money does go down. That money does trickle all the way down to the bottom in the GAA. And the GPA are a very big part of it. And I would imagine that you know, the commercial income deal will work out well for Crow Park as well because if the GPA are influencing their own income through whatever commercial partnerships that they can have, you'd imagine that the incentive to raise that figure every year is much greater. Talking of feeding the monster, quite a lot of the money in this deal will be going to uh, cover the cost of nutrition for players. Like, a lot of the money isn't going to the GPA per se. It's going an increased mileage for players. People would say, fair play, it hasn't gone up for, I don't know, 15 years or something. And and to feed or sorry to pay for the cost of being an intercounty player and there is a cost there, Donica, isn't there? There is, but I suppose the, the the other side of that argument is when you start paying for nutrition supplements, where do you stop? Like what do you, what is what do you stop doing? Like you know you're paying you're paying for diesel, you're paying for players. Just been playing devil's advocate now. What is not part of like if you go straight and do you start paying well, for babysitting? Do you know what I mean? Where do you where do you draw the line? Like, yeah. well, no, I think that the idea is to ease pressure on county. But like, there is a friction that exists in the GAA. We know between senior intercounty managers and their own county boards because most of the county boards in this country are under severe financial pressure to keep costs down, particularly nowadays with the you know decreased sponsorship income, which is you know in every county except for probably Dublin, but. So to ease that friction, to ease the workload, to ease the financial burden on the thing, on the county boards, Crow Park are now directly funding that. And that makes eminent sense because they are very obvious things. Is that how it will work? I'm not sure. I'd imagine that the players, when they're away from training or away from matches 
and are trying to eat and do all the right things, the money will be used to fund that. But when they go to training, whatever's there at the minute in terms of the supplements... Well, even in terms of the... I don't know exactly, but even in terms of the mileage, like the mileage was paid by county boards, it's now going to be paid centrally, so... The difference is paid well, centrally, the, the I believe. Difference, the yeah, it's, the, it's that's... The, you're still... The county boards are still liable for the first 50 cent. Yeah, but... And central funds are coming the next 15, isn't it? The next yeah, year, 16, yeah, next yeah. 15. Well, at least it's an acceptance on, you know, I suppose on Crow Parks Park that... You know the players are going the extra mile. You know, like even the player must be cutting the crosshairs there between a the manager who demands much more of them in terms of their preparation, and in which includes their nutrition, and the county board who previous to that probably shrugged their shoulders when they were looking for money yeah. towards that sort of thing. Just finally and briefly on the the big question of does this bring pay for play ever closer? The issue there though is that if that did ever come about, uh, we wouldn't have a Leitrim County team as a professional entity you'd probably end up with inter-county franchises and mergers and all kinds of stuff. I, I, I think I think that'd be in the pie in the sky universe that would be funded centrally surely so the, the counties the, but would but be maintained no? But surely there, there wouldn't be enough money there to fund 32 inter-county teams. Well if it ever did come about and I don't think it will and I certainly don't think it'll come out anytime soon you can be certain that it will be in the model that retains the county structure, it just will. Like, I mean, they won't they won't sign off in the county structure for the sake of paying players. That just won't happen. No, that's my my the prediction yeah. of the day. Connor has spoken. <laughs> the final word on the matter from Connor McKeown there.